Alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Not a while, dude. Bring the drums in. Let's have a party. Pump up the bitter. Shh, test it. Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Well, welcome to Pubcast number 294. And with me riding shotgun today is Mr. Ken McMullen from Hotvine. Hello, Ken. Hi, Phil. Now remember, lean into the microphone and you actually your audio, so you have to talk. So I can't just nod hello? No, that's true, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Buenos noches. Buenos noches, Adam, Monsieur Ken. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. We are down in Naperville, Illinois. Um, we're down at a retail craft beer shop. Now I say shop, it's not really a shop. It's a tap room. And I know I was getting a little bit of a frown there from owner, a president, founder, an all around good guy who has been absolutely wonderful to have us in here recording this show. Joe Toda. Hi, Joe. Hey, Phil. How are you? Uh, thanks for coming in today. Oh, hey. Thank you for having us down here. Now, I will say that if people don't know what the Red Arrow Tap Room is all about, you will know more about this uh, scene, which I think is actually sw swamping across America. There's other places other than Illinois who's doing it. Then you'll ever want to know by the end of this show. <laughs> um, Ken. You first introduced me to this when you came down here and said, you've got to come down here, you've got to talk to Joe, you've got to do a podcast. I said, well, okay, but it's a tap room. We usually go to breweries. What did you think was the best thing about coming down here? Well, I live in Naperville, so that that's it. It's close to home. <laughs> well, thank okay, you, Ken. But seriously, thanks, Ken. Seriously, it's the it's the support of local. I mean, every time we do podcasts, it's supporting small local breweries. I mean, we, we go and we get breweries from Tennessee and you know South Carolina and whatever. Oh, but it's always small Boise, craft Idaho. breweries, right? <laughs> so the, you know, Joe's supporting the, the local guys big time. So I, I thought it'd be a good fit. It's a new technology, relatively new technology. Yeah. And uh, and I, I was skeptical, and when I came in, I really had a good time here. And I thought it's something that maybe maybe it'd be good for you to do a podcast and shed some light on this. And absolutely, I 100% agree with you. And and with your viewpoint, I was a little bit skeptical as well. Now. Let's find out from Joe. First of all, what is this serve yourself thing all about? Give us the overall viewpoint. Yeah, so self-service beer is about uh, choice. It's about independence for the customer. So there's a lot of great craft beers out there, and a lot of local craft beers that aren't accessible to every customer. 
What we do is we make it easy for people to experiment and try beers that they wouldn't normally order a pint of, but here they can buy it by the ounce, try a few ounces, see if they like it, and then buy more. So self-service is about independence, about convenience, it's about choice for customers. Um, and we also um, really make it easy for customers to learn about craft beer. So a lot of our customers are new to craft beer. They're not familiar with a lot of these breweries that are popping up around Illinois. And we have educated beer ambassadors that help them find that perfect pour and experience that great craft beer that maybe they can't get out to Oswego or they can't get out to DeKalb. They can come here and experience that in our tap room. And you mentioned Oswego. Um, so obviously on the Britain Yankee, we always like to taste and sample the local mm -hmm. brews. So I said to you, okay, how do we do this? And a little bit later on, you're gonna hear my experience of, well, actually you're, you're teaching me how to go and pour this beer. Mm -hmm. Um, so we selected some of the local brews. I said, okay, Joe, tell us which brews would you want us to try here? Yeah. Making them all local. So the first one we have, and you mentioned Oswego, is Oswego Brewing Company's Kolsch, which I think is a straight up good starting beer. It's actually on tap number one of Red Arrow. There you go. So we have no, 48 taps. Number one. No, number one. Wilson now, but we're number one. <laughs> we go light to dark, and uh, tap okay. number one, we've got Spurline from Oswego Brewing. Uh, we're just really honored to be able to sell their beer here. Um, they deliver it themselves. We buy it directly from Oswego Brewing. They bring it in their little truck and bring it in, and uh, we're just happy to have them on tap. <laughs> but the, the point is that they're brewing it and they're delivering it themselves, and we're getting it right from the source, and we're not... You working through a lot of middlemen to get get the beer so so let's let's talk about that now um you at Hotvine, Ken, you have a small distributorship, right? You are able to distribute, or is it self-distributed? No, we're, our license is a brew-pub license, so we're required to use a distributor. Okay, uh, so that's where this three-tier nonsense comes in, right? Where it depends on the brewery, how that happens. Yeah, the, the, the three tiers are manufacturer, then distributor, and, and, and retailer. Okay. So Hopvine, because we can buy liquor and wine and beer from other, other places, we would be participating in all three tiers. So that's why we have to have a distributor. Now the law just changed where all these tap rooms, all these breweries with tap rooms can buy each other's beer now. So it's, you know, it's, it's changed a little bit. Yeah. But, but we have to use a distributor. So. And, you know, for us, um, and if you think of the three-tier system, some people like it, some don't. And there are sort of restrictions on if you produce too much, then you have to work through a distributor or if you're a brew pub, like in Ken's case. But the three-tiered system was really developed to eliminate vertical integration with large breweries where they can manufacture it, they can distribute it and sell it in their own retailers. So it actually protects the smaller breweries. I think Illinois has done a great job by opening it up where uh, brew pubs can now buy from other establishments. That, that was Rauner's last major act. Right? I think it was. I think it was. Um, <laughs> I actually attended the signing. Oh, did you really? Yes. Oh, excellent. Right. And, and particularly what, what I think that legislation did is it opened up breweries to serve cider. And I think that makes a big okay. impact for a lot of breweries where they can actually have a cider selection on tap. 
Um, but, but the bigger thing that we do here is um, not only do we buy through distributors, but we also buy from a lot of independents. And the majority of the beer that we sell at Red Arrow is certified independent by the Brewers Association, which we think is important. So you won't find a lot of, or any big big beer brands at, at Red Arrow. So we're really trying to support the local brewer and the local communities that they that they foster their beer. And that's not to say that you don't have other brands that are classics, because I think I saw an Oud Bruin from Belgium, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a few like that that we'll, we'll add on in the mix, um, but the majority of the beer that we sell is certified independent. Okay, and that's that little upside down independent logo right that upside down bottle yeah. upside down bottle right yeah. which is bad because it must be empty unless the cork is still in right um uh, i want to tell you something interesting so yeah. this is uh see so, so in our system we've got 48 taps mm-hmm. and the beer is priced appropriately by ounce and you know, we've got images up there that people can see about the beer, they can read about it. But what we find is a lot of the brands that we carry, because they're local, your average customer may not be familiar with some of these breweries. And we're introducing those breweries to the customer. Right. But the best beer sells. Does that make sense? So yeah. even if it has a great logo or a bad logo or good brand recognition, bad recognition, uh, the best beer always sells the best. And we get a report every night to see what sells by the ounce. And we can see some that really sell really well. Through both of our locations, we also have a location in Elmhurst. So the data is telling us what beer sells the best. So we'll talk about how what your history and back to Elmhurst in just a second. But so that brings up an interesting point I was going to bring up later. But you know, can you name names? What is one of your best-selling beers? Um, right now, we're selling a lot of. And I'll name some names. Um, uh, we do a lot of Bells. We also do a yeah. lot of um, Oswego Brewing here. Uh, we did really good with Workforce Brewing. Uh, Skeleton Key is another popular okay. one. Guncraft Beer. We just we just drain that beer here all the time. Yeah. Um, we sold a lot. There's a, a buy out to Lou. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Byway Brewing is another popular one. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, now I want to tell people. Yeah. If you have it's never a heard gem. of Byway Brewing, they are just over the border in Indiana. First exit, go left. They do poutine like you've never had poutine. It is excellent. So I haven't been to their brewery, but I we buy their beer, and I've seen their beer on multiple occasions at both locations be the top seller on the same night. They've got a really good uh, wheat beer, which is orange. They do a mango weiss that's really good, and we just see that beer drain like no other. And it's it's a it's a great product, and it's it's a testament to the quality of what they brew. That's really good. Um, Shame it's not an Illinois brewery, but how about Three Floyds? We do sell a lot of Three Floyds. I mean, um, uh, okay, so I just did some serving at Fobat, <laughs> and I was fortunate or unfortunate enough to be on the Chemtrail, chemtrail, serve, mix, chemtrail mix. I mean, that sucker was, how big were these things? Uh, chem- six, they're six of those, five six gallons. Right, and that's that was a one-ounce pour that me and another guy were doing. Well, that's bad grammar, isn't it? Myself and another person were doing pause. <laughs> uh, one ounce pause. It's sold out in 30 minutes. So so there's 661 ounces in a six hole. So there if you, you were strict with that, you poured over 600 pours in 30 minutes. I, I, it felt like it. That's crazy. My back was killing me. 
So how does that? I mean, yeah, Three Floyds does right? really well. Um, our uh, our beer buyer, his uh, his son's actually a bre- brewer at Three Floyds, and uh, we do yeah. sell a lot of their beer here too. It's very popular. Uh, we put the Zombie Dust on for, for Blackout Wednesday. I think we almost sold the whole half barrel in one night. So well over a thousand ounces, and there's 1,984 ounces in a half barrel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so speaking of the blacks, we've had Black Friday, and obviously everybody was lining up for. Uh, Bourbon County Stout from is it BCBS Bourbon County Brand Stout. Brand Stout. Okay, I wonder what that B was. Yeah. Um, and that's a Goose Island, which is a local brewery, but you know pe- people to remember that it's owned by the big guys. Um, how did you have any of that on? Oh, we didn't. Um, the there's distributors that control relationships with the brewers and the buyers okay. and. A product like that that does really well in the market, which is a good product, yeah. um, it's a good beer, it sells yeah. well, um, you have to have big commitments to continue to carry those products to be able to be awarded that product for a special release like Black Friday. So do you carry Goose Island? We've never had them on tap. We've right never now. had them, okay. Yeah. Um, but they do do good beer. into another conversation. Well, he Maybe didn't I say he supports it. independent. And well, they, know, they make I great beer. I understand that. But, so. but, but, okay, so I'm going to bring it up. So. I, I love Wicked Weed beer. They got sold. People won't drink it now. And yet, Goose Island, everybody goes crazy for the BCBS. It's the same thing, isn't it? What's wrong with that picture? Well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> Say something, guys. Is it just me or so, what? <laughs> Here's my, uh, my sort of take. So... Uh, Good beer wins, right? The best beer is going to sell, right? Yeah. But we, we believe that there's a lot of good independent beer out there, and we want to sort of celebrate what they're doing. We don't have anything bad to say about any other big brewery or Goose Island, whatever it may be. We just say that we embrace independent beer. The same guys that are probably brewing there have families and, and kids that go to school. But we just really want to give a, a shot to the local beer and the independent beer because we can make it very accessible for a customer to try something that they would not normally buy on tap at a regular bar with a bartender. Good answer. I have, a, I have a lot of friends that have worked at Goose Island and that still work at Goose Island. And, you know, they're, they're largely hands-off with the recipes in the Chicago brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say they, I mean the corporate, you know, Abe right. and Beth. Right. Um, and they're making great beer, and they're making a lot of it. And there's obviously demand for it. People are still queuing up on, you know, early in the morning on Friday after Thanksgiving to buy that beer. Uh, Wait a minute. Over here, you stand in line. The British queue. I, I'm I'm on your show. <laughs> I like the term Q. I always like that. But but it's still it's big beer. And if if you've ever watched the 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 video uh, beer wars, okay, um, yeah, it's you know they are definitely not supporting craft and and the local brewers. There it is big business, and we're small business, and so you know I appreciate. Joe supporting the, the local guys. I do too. 
it, it's it's sort of um, you know you think about a traditional bar and you know it's typical bar is gonna have 12 handles right and they can only put a limited amount of beer on those 12 handles mm-hmm. and your typical customer may have to you know ask the bartender to pour a pint for them and maybe the bar is gonna do flights right it's very hard to make it quick and accessible to try a lot of different options to see what you like mm-hmm. and what we're trying to do is say hey you know we're not gonna carry those big brands and some of that beer is great I'm not denying it we're gonna make it easy for you to try local beer, independent beer, at a low risk proposition. It took 49 cents to try that that Oswego Brewing beer. Now you can see if you really like it or not. So the, you later. Yeah. <laughs> so the risk is a lot less for the customer yeah. to try beers, um, which I think is gonna really have the fundamental way to shift the industry for craft beering because for craft beer, because now you have the option to try small quantities at your own disposal. Where it used to be the, the tap handle is what drove people. You, know, you think of some popular tap handles around town. Now it's about the quality of the product and making it accessible to the customer. That's, it. That's um, a real good way of looking at it. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and figure out how you got into this business. Again, another squirt in the bottle of your uh, snifter glasses. And what did you choose? Uh, Avery, um, I think it's called Out of Bound Stout. It's a coffee stout. Okay, I love Avery. It's another one who's owned 30% by Modelo, I think it is, but still produces good beer. Some Goofy Boots from Penrose out in uh, Geneva. I have that one to come up. Yeah. And that's a New England IPA. Which, which you said you didn't really want, but we gave it to you anyway. Well, no, I, you know, I asked you to make the choice and, uh, you know, I, I, can, I can withstand uh, I am drinking here uh, Scorched Earth, uh, one of my favorite uh, breweries up in Algonquin. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do a rather nice porter called it's Rugged Coal Miner. And then they do one of my favorite smoke tales, which is called uh, Foraging Swine. We've had that so before. if you ever get that, that's bloody marvelous. It's, they just call it smoked ale. Description done. <laughs> okay, back to um, your roots, Joe. So I think it was back in what, June of 2016 that you decided to do something like this and it was in Elmhurst. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, the first Red Arrow opened up in December of 2016 and about eight months before um, you know, I had a job. I was a consultant, a technology consultant, and um, really loved craft beer. I, I actually spent a lot of time up in Greenbush Brewing up in Sawyer, Michigan, oh, one yeah, of my favorite right. breweries. And on the Red Arrow Highway, um, had this idea, hey, wouldn't it be great to have my own retail establishment? And if I was going to do it, how would I do it different than everybody else? And that's where we're kind of, the, the idea of Red Arrow was born on Red Arrow Highway. That's interesting because now I had a light bulb moment. I've been on that highway. I used to live up in Michigan, up in Muskegon for oh, yeah. 18 months, many moons ago. But, you know, I keep going back and forth. It's a nice place. So you call it the Red Arrow Tap Room only by virtue of the fact that you like the Red Arrow Highway. Seemed logical and yeah. So how did Elmhurst respond to you going to, I'm sure you had to go to the village, stand yeah. in front of them and bear your soul and plead for some kind of a new liquor license, right? 
Yeah, so in, in Illinois, uh, self-pour is legal uh, and throughout the state of Illinois. Uh, there's a few self-pour. states... Self-pour. Self-pour. Oh, self-pour. Self-pour. Okay. Um, and the restriction is after 32 ounces, the patron needs to be technically shut off until we can reevaluate. Just, just like when you go to a baseball game, they give you... Or a soccer game, or a football game. You get two pints, and that's it, and then you get more. I don't know what football games you're going to, but I went to ones where I had much more than two pints, but anyway. But, uh, yeah, back in the old days. But in Illinois, they say two pints, then we have to reevaluate you. So the process in Illinois is you get your liquor license through the local municipality, then the state follows suit and grants it. So trying to explain about self-port, there's a lot of skepticism, right? We're going to allow people just to go grab their own beer, um, but um, after explaining our concept, explaining the safety features that we have in place, um, the city was very uh, open to the concept and um, granted us our liquor license. So when you came to Naperville, did you have any different challenges? Because I believe you've got a 32 versus 24 Elmhurst versus the Naperville. Yeah. Right? And that's a village thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. Am I going to why or make make oh, excuses on, so there's a come bit on. no i'm not gonna lie there's there's this sort of like idea that naperville is a tough city to do business with i actually think they're very pro business and pro small business um there are a lot of major chains right next door to me and i'm one of the few independents on a on a major uh sort of block downtown naperville on washington street road, but they don't do beer no, I actually was there tonight because we use all their Apple products for oh, our tablets. So oh, right. okay. I told the guy I went to the Apple store tonight and I told him I own 100 iPads and he thought I was, you know, bullshitting him. And I'm like, no, I own 100 iPads. I'm not kidding, <laughs> which I do. And um, so Naperville was uh, easy to work with. Um, they were very um, diligent in doing their research. The mayor and um, members of the Liquor Commission came out to Elmhurst to observe the operation when we were in business and they came unannounced. Um, and they realized that this would be a safe concept for downtown Naperville and they had some other restrictions around the the ounces they preferred to have 24 versus 32 so technically we're able to adjust our system to cut cut off after 24 so 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 you implemented a a technological approach to serving beer is this something that is different systems that are readily available across the country is it a you know, kind of a keystone system where you just say, I want this one. Yeah, there are um, self-pour systems uh, that are available throughout the country. Um, We actually worked with a developer in London to uh, customize the system for our needs. Wait a minute, Um, I'll go back and check and see if there are U's put in all the words. Color, flavor. I've never seen the letter Zeta, no Z, so. Data. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you say schedule? So uh, I say schedule now because I'm yeah. American. But how did you say it? Schedule. <laughs> schedule, yeah. The schedule. Um, but uh, not only do we have self-pour beer, um, you can order your smoked meats, which we do all our smoked meats in-house, Ooh. right from the table. So I'm just going to... We're, we're sitting at a table right now. We're actually at the buckle-down table. We have all Excellent. of our tables are named after local breweries in Chicago. And you take your card that you use for the beer, and now your menu displays. And I'm showing that we have a menu here, and wow, we can that. actually order a food item. Let's order some. Uh, what would you like? I don't have fish and chips. Okay, so you do fish and chips. No, we don't have fish oh, and chips. Okay. No fish so and beer, craft beer, and charcuterie are one of the most excellent things you could ever have. So you know, up to you. 
I need to get a picture of you ordering. This is amazing. Look at that. Uh, I love it. Do you like bacon? Or is that... Bacon? Yeah. Oh, I love bacon. Bacon booty. I've got candied bacon strips served oh in a God. barrel glass. So I'm going to hit place order here. So, so, anyway, yeah, so you're ordering the food. So you're ordering the food from here. Mm -hmm. And that makes it easy, right? Now, when you're ready to leave today after your visit, um, you'll take your card and you'll just drop it in our express checkout box. And that's it. So it charts, so, okay, when I come in then, I say, I want to spend 20 bucks, and they give you a card that's loaded with 20 bucks? No, you, you come in and we uh, pre-authorize your credit card for a penny. Oh, okay. And it's synced up with your card. And then all hell breaks loose. And you can pour as much as you want. <laughs> Every 24 ounces here, we, okay. we check you out. But if you're a regular customer, like Ken, um, because we're in Naperville. Wait a minute, does your wife know this? Does she listen? She's very aware. Okay. <laughs> you get a black card. Oh. Not a white card, a black card. It's a regular club. You can preload value on your card and you can download our free smartphone app and add value to it. And, and if you're an untapped user or a junkie, whatever you wanna, however you wanna, do that you can actually every beer that you pour registers in our on our app you can rate it on our app and it automatically goes to your untapped account that's cool so i had a never have to type a beer in again that's really cool so speaking of ratings and things i said to you okay i've got four samples here look at this okay you ordered that about two minutes ago two minutes and ago and your, your lovely server shelly shelly yes, is her name right. is shelly or shelly Chili. Chili. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Oh, I like that. She brings um, out the bacon. She has brought out the bacon. Mm -hmm. So Shelly brings home the bacon. That's what I Enjoy say. Guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we're using thick cut smoked oh, bacon. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah, it goes Wait great with beer. Hang on. Could you just check my heart, please? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, if Phil is found dead tomorrow, this is yeah. the face of his killer. Yeah. <laughs> Some bacon strips. <laughs> okay, I gotta get a picture of that. Okay. So, hey, carry on with what you were saying there. So, um, you can get a Red Arrow Club card. It's it's free to sign up. You get discounts off your food. But you can also use our smartphone app. And then you never even have to pull out a credit card when you come here. You, you just reload it on the app. You know, okay. but there's... Because you've served yourself, there's no tipping. Oh, really? But Jelly brought out the food, so, so can we, you leave a tip for the service? Well, here's our here's our sort of, this is how we're different. And I think this is going to change the restaurant industry in general. Um, what we do is we pay people fair wages. Surprise! We're not trying to wow. pay people the cheapest wage possible. We pay less people here because we have less people. But in addition to paying them a fair wage, we're also taking a percentage of our revenue and putting it on their paycheck every every two weeks. That's a fundamentally different model. So they're almost like, uh, it's almost employee We call it a team share program. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, team share, right, there you go. That's so the right. busier the restaurant is, the more Shelly's yeah. helping customers, and she's awesome. Yeah. The more the kitchen is back there, which you guys don't even see, the more the dishwasher's working back there, the more the beer ambassador's working, the, the more money the restaurant makes, the more money they see on their check. Right. So we're taking that's a percentage awesome. of sales, we're sharing amongst everybody, and that's how they're compensated, in addition to their hourly wages. So tipping's not required. That, that's really cool, I like that. Um, you know, it, it often, to me, is very difficult being European, going in and determining what the right tip is to do. Now, having lived here for some 
35, 36 years, right? I've got to know what it is, but this is kind of refreshing in so much as I can come in and have all these delicious beers, pick some snacks to have with it, charcuterie as I like, that's just wonderful. Um, a brilliant way to spend an evening, you know, a little bit different. Now notice one thing, um, in a normal restaurant situation, you know, your, your, your server is going to be coming to you every few minutes, and maybe even bugging you if you're busy, right, yeah. if you're recording a podcast. Here, if I want help, I just hit the help button, and they'll come over and help me when I'm ready. So I'm in control, not the server. So we actually have a help button here, and they get a notification to come over and help. So do you have people who need this system explained to you? And I'm kind of thinking, you know, if you, if you attract the more senior citizens, and uh, I include myself in one of those now. <laughs> you should. Depending on how you define that, Medicare though. Medicare card, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> um, is it... Is the technology somewhat daunting to them? So we like Apple, and we like Apple because Apple products are simple. And we've made this simple. I mean, you it doesn't matter if you, know, you have a PhD in you know, uh, electrical engineering or if you just you know, want to order. It's very simple to order. You, you set your card on the tablet. I'm demonstrating this for Phil right now. Yeah, you, you choose go. your drinks, your food. You select your item. We're going to ask you all the questions that you want about your item. So if you're going to order a burger, we're going to ask you how you want it cooked. You hit place order, it goes right to the kitchen. I will say that you need to bring your glasses with you if you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on, yeah. Is it small or your cell phone? Or your cell phone. Or then you can make it bigger. You can zoom. Yeah, you know about making things bigger. Don't so we you? don't... Yeah. <laughs> Beers anyway. will do that. But you can also, um, if you're, you know, if you do want to, if you're a smartphone user, you can order your food from your smartphone. App. How yeah. about that? And all our tables are numbered, so we know where to bring the food. We're number forty-four. So if anybody wants <laughs> the buckle to down, the buckle down table. table. It's the buckle down. Hi, Vicky. <laughs> um, I just want to give a quick review. Yeah, right. Scorch, hey, Scorch Earth Barrel Number Seven. Um, it's kind of like a little cidery Thanksgivingy type drink, which. I didn't like the first sip, I had the second and third sips and I got more into it and I think you're right, it is kind of like a little sour but it's not quite there. Mm -hmm. The thing that turns me off is the cinnamon but I like scorched earth so they can't be yeah. Alright, we'll come back in a minute, we'll talk more about perhaps the technology. So Joe, um, we've talked a little bit about how you have <coughs> set this up and your intentions and now we're out by the tappers and it looks like you've got them set up by style. That's correct. We couldn't make it easier for a patron to sample great craft beer. All our beer is categorized by style and when our guests arrive we give them a pour pass and that pour pass enables them to pour their own beer and pay for beer by the ounce. No more pints here, it's by the ounce. So, okay, we're here at the Tappers. Um, Ken has got a couple of uh, nice looking glasses. You've got a glass. They have the squirty thing at the base. What do you call that in the trade? We call it a rinser. Okay. So what it's doing is- <laughs> I like the squirty uh, thing myself, so thing, come on. <laughs> but what it's doing is it's chilling the glass a little bit. It's removing any of the uh, 
residue from the dishwasher and it's mm -hmm. making it easier to pour the beer. Okay. But the glasses are clean, but that's just a little addition. Well, yeah, I, I agree 100% because my glasses are clean down in the Britain Yankee pub, but when I pour it without a squirty thing, because I don't have a, a wet sink down there, right. um, I see little bubbles on the side and that doesn't mean to say that it isn't a clean glass, it just means there's a little residue on the side where the bubbles can adhere. That's correct, that's correct. All right. So we've asked you to select three beers that you particularly like, just for sample purposes. We've talked about how many taps you have here. What's going to be your first choice? And let's go through the process of yeah. how you actually get that if you're a, a punter who comes in and wants a beer. So the way it's going to start is, I always like to start light and work dark, so left to right. Um, one of my first beers is going to be Oswego Brewing. Oh, I like those guys. Spurline Kolsch. The way it's going to work is I can see the beer right here. I can touch the screen. I can read more about it. I can see the style of beer. It's 5.3%. I just push the card in the wall. It turns on the tap, and now I can pour the beer, and I can just pour two ounces and then sample it. So really simple. Now, how do you know? Can, is it preset or you pour what you want to pour. You pour what you want to pour. See, we're okay. embracing independence from the standard way of buying beer. You can pour what you want. I poured 2.4 ounces, and if I really want to pour more, I can. But you're basically paying by the ounce, which makes it easier for you to sample more good craft beer. So, um, it also shows you the balance, and it looks like you haven't paid your check because you've got a high balance on this. So come on, man, get paid. Good observation. <laughs> That's the preloaded balance I have oh! on my car, and it goes down to All zero. Right. Hey, Ken, can, <laughs> we, get, can uh, we get through that balance? $71. Oh, well, uh, I wasn't going to say that. On my that. card. Uh, it's not really a challenge right. there, Phil. <laughs> um, so that's really cool now i know you have all the glasses lined up yep. on 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 racks over there yep are they all the same glass because i know we have a kolsch here and in particular it shows a kolsch glass because it's a specific yeah. very thin glass so we really like the belgian tulip glass we think it's the easiest way to pour beer mm -hmm. um, we've tested pint glasses they tend to break a lot yeah. and it's the easiest way to eliminate foam on your pores the belgian glass we we prefer the 16 ounce belgian glass we also have five ounce tulip tasters and you can actually build your own flight here and bring it back to your table cool so that gives you an idea of I, I don't want to have it's going to tell you how many ounces when you pour it exactly but that also says okay I can fill it up and I've got five different varieties and they're all like what are they four ounces five ounces each and we and our flight okay. boards hold four pours okay. at a time so right, you can really build cool. your own flight all right good well I think Ken, shall we build our own flight? Now you've got the big boys, but well, well, I'm driving, so I got to get the small <laughs> ones. So you know, well, you could put as little as you want in. No, but I just like the idea of a full well, okay. display here. Okay. God, what have I got to teach you about this? Come on, I thought you were a brewer. <laughs> we can build our own flights. It's okay. Hey, let's build so, our own flight. Yeah. All, right, All right, let's do that, and then we'll come back and uh, talk about this in more detail. Um, 
we were going to talk a little bit more about the technology, but I want to actually take a quick diversion from that and go to something that's not technology because a lot of you a lot of what you've got here is oriented by pressing buttons and it's easy and it's touchpad but you mentioned about your beer ambassadors so tell us a little bit about these guys girls whoever they are I mean how do you engage one of these people somebody's standing there looking kind of quizzical about the beers what can I do yeah. What happens? So well, let me just back up a little bit. So a traditional bar has a bartender. Oh, by the way, I got to finish off one of these pieces yeah, those, of your bacon. Candied bacon is candied amazing. bacon, folks. One of Big the best cut. things you could ever have. So thank you. Goes great with beer. It does. Um, <laughs> so the traditional bar has a bartender, and uh, what we said is we don't want to eliminate the bartender's job. What we want to do is we want to reposition the bartender as a beer ambassador, a brand ambassador for beer. So what we have here are uh, beer ambassadors that monitor the beer wall and help people find that perfect pour. Because they're not pouring the beer and, and rushing around frantically on a busy night, they're able to engage with customers. They're educated on a lot of the local breweries. They can tell you stories about the breweries. They can help you find a beer. If you don't know anything about beer, that's fine. They're gonna be very uh, non-intimidating to help you find the right pour. So we actually reposition that position as a beer ambassador. That's really a cool thing. I, I've been here and on a busy night to have a, um, an employee or a staff member or a team member, whatever you call them, that can take the time to talk to you. It's, it's, it's a little strange because they're so relaxed just chatting about beer when it's busy. But it's because that's what they're, that's all they're doing, right? That's their job. We've got a, some great beer ambassadors and, and they're, they're passionate about craft beer. In fact, a lot of our beer ambassadors would, would never work as a bartender, but they love beer so much that and a lot of them have day jobs. I've got doctors that are beer ambassadors. I have people that are professionals. And um, a lot Phil, of their Phil wants to be a beer ambassador. Like we have one beer ambassador. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out to Mark Loftus, our beer ambassador, okay. Beer Santa. Um, beer Santa. He's been with us since the beginning. He's visited every craft uh, brewery in, in Illinois, and he just wants to share his passion for craft beer. And I think his wife Jean likes that he talks about beer at Red Arrow versus at home all the time. <laughs> Sorry, Mark and Jean. But um, what we've done is we've created a new job, and it's a beer ambassador, and it's a job that is about promoting craft beer and educating people that maybe have never tried beer before. It sounds like the perfect job for me um, to get the hell out of this IT world. <laughs> um, I'll put my application in today. Um, so are they uh, CBS? Certified? What's that? The uh, the beer Cicerone? Uh, we so we have some that, that are uh, Cicerone okay. certified. Um, it's not a requirement for the okay. job. What we want to find is passion first about craft mm -hmm. beer, and then um, being able to be uh, helpful and um, courteous to customers to help them find that pour. So we do have some that are Cicerone certified, but it's not a requirement. We have some oh, that are in the Cicerones. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty cool, dude. Um, there are not many around. And a lot of our uh, some of the folks that we have have is uh, beer ambassadors came out of the College of DuPage uh, right. beer program and mm -hmm. thank you Marty Natural for sending some folks over and recommending them to Red Arrow. Marty Natural did a lot of our training for our beer ambassadors when we first opened in, in Elmhurst and developed the curriculum for them. And if you don't know Marty Natural he's down at uh, Midnight Pig Brewing. Not anymore. 
Oh, he's not? He's this is recent. He just left there like oh, yesterday. Oh, should, maybe and I should count that out. He's no, I think yeah. it's good. It, he's focusing 100% on uh, education. I think it's he's calling it natural education. Your education yeah. or something like that. So Marty, um, since Red Arrow started, um, he's been actively doing beer classes for us. We've had Craft Beer 101. Right. We've had hops classes. We just had a barrel age class that Marty delivered out in Elmer's. Wonderful. So what we try to do is the whole brand of Red Arrow is introducing people to craft beer and educating them on it. And, and Marty aligns to that very well. Very knowledgeable. We're just you know very great, grateful to have him teach classes for us. So so Marty wrote a couple books. Yeah. Uh, beer, beer for dummies. Beer for dummies. Uh, Homebrewing for dummies, I think. And then he also beer across won America. Beer across America. Um, which I keep forgetting to bring to have him sign. I've got two of those. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to point over to the wall. We're in our independence room right now, and we have a big logo up there. Oh, yeah. It's called Craft Brew U. It's Craft Brew University. Okay. And the tagline is Pour Beer, Drink Knowledge. And we do a lot of classes back here. Marty taught a class a few weeks ago here on beer. So we're trying to introduce beer to people. We do a tasting and educate them. That's cool. It, so, so beer has really become the what what wine was and probably still is but a few years ago right remember the the, the movie sideways yes and that introduced a lot of people and to killed the merlot way. too by the way the what <laughs> killed the merlot wine vintage oh, yeah. wine I, merlot. I couldn't tell you whether it killed it or not all i remember <laughs> is the guy drinking the slops right <laughs> but um so a lot of people say to me, oh, you're one of these beer nerds or beer snobs, right? Now, I don't know if there's a difference between a beer nerd and a beer snob, but I tell them, you know what, I'm, I'm neither. I've been drinking beer for think, 40 years. I think beer snobs were around in the 90s, and maybe in the what 2000s. What did they drink, just Pabst? Yeah. They used to drink IPAs. I mean, beer snobs look, <laughs> down, they drink look down on other people. So I think it's more of beer aficionados or beer. Yeah, and remember, you you Americans took the class system out, right? You're supposed to have taken the class system away. We're the ones. We're the Brits who have the class system, right? We have the upper, the middle, and the lower class. So yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think there's no classes in beer. Thank you, Joe. So I think what it's thank you. Clap, clap, clap. So what I think is there are people that are aficionados and folks that are you know, religious with their untapped, and that's great. And there are people that know a lot about beer, and that's great too. But I think um, for craft beer to thrive, we have to reach the masses, right? It's not just the guy who goes to every bottle release and waits in line, mm-hmm. but it's, it's yeah. the person that maybe never tried craft beer, and the only thing they know is X beer. You know, I'm not going to say names, names, but... So it's about really introducing craft beer to everybody, and that's what's going to help craft beer thrive, I think. Yeah. So there was a uh, article or video that was poked around a while ago where they said, in a few years, the word craft, or I think they said, craft beer won't exist, right? And I don't think they were referring. That was to clickbait. Craft beer. I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. referring to the phrase craft beer. So I've always said, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean. Craft beer, we see that put up everywhere as an advertising thing. We see artisan-created coffees at Starbucks. We see artisan-created burgers at handcrafted, whatever. Yeah, so house-made. Yeah. It, it's all beer, and it really boils down to drink what the hell you like, but experience something different. 
I would agree with that. I All would right, agree good. With that. Yeah, well, so, we'll end the show there with you agreeing with no, me. No, no. no. <laughs> okay. But, um, but I think you're right. I mean, I, I did read that article. I thought that was some clickbait, too, because if you read the rest of the article, they were, they were kind of talking about the same points that you mentioned. But I think with beer, um, there's a lot of great craft breweries out there, and there's it, it's a big market right now, and there's a lot of pressure on these craft breweries. Uh, what they need to do, I, I think, is to really focus on what they're good at and be the best at that. Um, so if you're really good at producing a certain type of beer and marketing to a certain type of demographic, then do that. I think that's how you're going to differentiate your product in a, in, a, in a market that there's a lot of craft breweries that are growing and there's a lot of new beers out there, but really differentiating and focusing on your core is going to make them the best. I think with craft beer, you got to look at you got to look at the Brewers Association and what they've done for craft beer. Uh, they've, they've, with the Brewers Association and the American Home Brewers Association paired together, they've created the Beer Judge Certification Program. Of which you are a I am a not. Member? I have studied. I have not taken a test. Oh, really? Okay. But, uh, but and I should point out, Marty Natchel, I think, is like BJCP number six. Yeah. He's like yeah. one of the okay. earliest certified, but there's the Brewers Association has made it really easy for brewers to be really good brewers, and it's I think it's kind of set the tone for a lot of other industries, and the and the craft beer world is leading is leading that. So I mean we're we're going. Kind of stumbling here, but we're going from where we've had all these franchises that the goal was to have your meal experience in New York City and Chicago and LA be exactly the same if you're at that franchise, to where we now have localism happening and we have local flavors developing again. And I think it's the Brewers Association and the brewers that have have, have been leaders in that field, and now you're seeing it spread out to other things. I mean, I, I so, would, yeah. so, so the brewers that are struggling right now are the ones that took the bank loan to buy giant tanks and expand ginormously in the last three years. And now we're at, what, 7,000 breweries or something like that? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the latest count. Um, if you own your neighborhood, you focus on your neighborhood, you want to be a little oh, a neighborhood pub, brewery, brewery. Um, I think there's a, a still a ton of room for, for brewers to fill that. Um, one of the things that I, I like about the, the craft uh, the craft beer movement, which has taken off in the last eight, eight to ten years, is innovation. So you see some of the greatest innovations, like you, know, you think it's Silicon Valley and the tech, technical innovations, but in craft beer, the innovations that you see are just amazing, like the, the marketing campaigns, the things that a lot of the local breweries are doing to, to sort of market their business and, and keep customers coming back. And of course the beer as well, the ingredients that they use. I think there's a lot of innovation in this space and that's really exciting to see all the innovation. You also see a lot of the values of, uh, of America in, in breweries. That's why we have this big Embrace Independence uh, logo. We're really trying to embrace independent beer. There's, there's risk, there's personal sacrifice, there's um, entrepreneurship that you're seeing. I mean, it takes a lot of a lot of whatever you want to call it to take a personal loan on your house to build a brewery and a lot of people are doing that so I think it's we have to support those folks we have to realize where they come from and um, and I think the values that they share are the values of America 
and uh, entrepreneurship. And so I think it's amazing. It's a great time to be in craft beer, but it is it is expanding. And I think that the folks, to your point, have to do it the right way to, to really manage their, their, their businesses. But I do like the fact that the camaraderie that you see in the craft beer industry, it's like no other. It's, it's just something I think somebody termed it as cooperation, right? It's competition, but it's cooperation. I've never seen anybody who has been, you know, anti another brewery unless there's some personal issue that, you know, I'll lend you some yeast, I'll give you some well, more, I'll whatever tell you, the hell it is. You know? I've worked for these, for, you know, I worked for Applebee's and, and uh, managed Applebee's. And if, you run, if you're running low on something, you just trade with a, a, a neighboring Applebee's. When you're a single unit, and you and you're running low on something. There's nobody to trade with. Well, the breweries are all connected. I mean, we have a local listserv through our guild. Yeah. And we we trade grain and hops and all the time we're trading stuff. I mean, it's and the same type of thing. But you have to like go outside of your own organization and rely on. Food. You know why that is? Because it's shared values across the uh, the local breweries. They share the same values. It's a, it's a value system that they've built. So while you may be competing with the brewery down the street, you guys share the same value. You made the same personal sacrifice, take on the right. same risk. You're working your your ass off, you know, 16 hours a day in the brewery, sanitizing your equipment, brewing, uh, going in on Sundays when you don't want to. So it's the, it's the shared value system that I think is great. Um, and I think from my perspective on the consumer side, which is what I've always been, um, although doing this podcast, I've learned a lot about you know, the actual work side of the industry rather than the benefit side of the industry, which is what we are, the consumers are getting. There's a couple of things. So with all the openings of the breweries, they are becoming the new Chicago corner bars, right? Everywhere used to have a corner bar on our site, um, Villa Park Luna Brewing Company, Yeah. right? It, it's a combination of a great old Chicago bar and they do some decent beers too. And everywhere seems to be having one of those. That's becoming your new local for the new generation. I think there still needs to be a spot for us old guys to go in and sit down at a local. And uh, you know whether that's a brewery or a bar, but they need to have a spot where they can go and get this type of beer, mm-hmm. right? To be able to get a good craft beer and have a good chat. And then uh, the other the other aspect of it is that what I found is there are more than four ingredients to brew beer. <laughs> There's five. The fifth one is passion. Yeah. Because nobody I've come across says, oh shit, i got to go in and brew beer. They yeah. always say, yeah, I'm going to do this beer that's going to be wacky. It's going to have barley and, and, and wheat and, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to turn it upside down. You know, it's, just gonna, it's always that passion. At the end of it, you're going to end up with something that either is reasonably good to, to taste. I, I've tasted very, very few bad beers, right? And the bad beers we have tasted soon get corrected because here's the other thing, people are willing to feed back um, constructive criticism, shall we say. Instead of saying, oh, that beer's crap, I'm not going to taste that again, right? They, oh, there's something not quite right with this. Here's why, you know, this is more to my taste and then the brewers take that on. So I think, you know, all your comments are absolutely spot on because it is, it's a great, it's a great industry to be in, and and holy cow, it's a big industry now. 
And you know, you think about the uh, the community, and you think about like what makes a, a fulfilling life, right? And this is deeper. So, oh, money. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, so and they say after you make a certain amount of money, your happiness doesn't in- increase. Right. It's about waking up every day and finding the passion in the work that you do. Right. And if that's brewing and that's your passion, you're a millionaire, right? But you're really not, because you're a brewer, yeah, but right. you know it is. But, um, but if you find fulfillment in your life's work, that's what really is true happiness. And I think a lot of the folks that I meet, if you look at all the, the pictures that we have here, they're, they're, they're meeting, they're, 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 they're fulfilled in what they're doing. And it may not be making millions of dollars, um, but they're, they're happy what they do every day because they want to get up and do their work. So Joe, at the Red Arrow Tap Room, just as we kind of, <laughs> oh, I, I have to say actually, before we go, um, beer number three and number four that I had in my sample glass, beer number three was the one that stretched me out a little bit because that was... We threw a New England IPA it. at it you. It was a New England IPA, Goofy Boots, Boots. from our friends at Penrose. Penrose. And, uh, you know, we were out at Penrose when it was 14,000 square foot of nothing. <laughs> and Tom Corder and Eric Hobbs in those days were more than gracious to bring us in. And thank you very much. But stick to your Belgians as far as I'm concerned because New England... IPAs ain't doing it for me. So there we go. But, um, you know, that there's a market for it. I understand it. Okay, it just isn't me. Um, and our fourth beer, the one that you selected, was uh, from uh, Alex Lovingood down at Brickstone, right? uh, who I was very fortunate enough to uh, be on the end of commands at the Fobab uh recently because he was the guy in charge do this do that volunteers do this okay we did it we love it um brickstone has been one of my favorite i mean i think it's my standard apa american pale ale uh and this is dark secret which is barrel aged however barrel aged barrel aged so it adds a whole new level whatever that means you know everybody says that these days um i'd just like to say alex that this is one of the beers we sent down as a a bet to Barrel of Monks in Bucca Raton. Uh, I lost the bet, so I had to send Illinois beers down to these <laughs> fine folks down there who do tremendous barrel, uh, Belgian-style beers, and they absolutely love darts. So I said the regular dark secret. It's one always been one of my favorites. I'm glad you have it on here. Um, where the hell am I going with this? So it's just, it's well, just a lot of fun. I'll tell you it? what beers I've had. I, oh yeah, what have you had? I had a Surly beer, I had an Avery beer, and I'm drinking an Altar beer right now. Right. All our excellent beers. Uh, Hopular Kid is the altar one. Yeah, Hopular uh, Kid's a great one. What, yeah. what, have, you, I would what also, have you had? What have you got there? Right I did Joe? the Spurline from Oswego. I had the uh, Goofy Boots from Penrose. Okay. The Kidnapped by Vikings from Salamo. Okay. Um, Real local. <laughs> yeah, really local. Uh, and we also do a lot of Two Fools as well. Cider, which is okay. really good here. We actually have oh, six, yeah. six taps of ciders too. Um, but. But the cool thing was, you tried these beers, you didn't have to commit to a full pint. You are able to sample yep. what you wanted and see what you like, and if you like those beers, you're gonna buy more, or go, go to your local Binnies or their tap rooms and visit them. I, I so that's the fun what, part about it. Here's what I'd say, Phil. You talked about having a local pub where you can try, where you can have beers and have a conversation. Obviously, we can have a conversation here. Um, this is in downtown Naperville, which is pretty, Pretty pricey, prestigious real estate, and uh, I mean, I know what it is. I know what the per square foot is here. I bet. <laughs> but these guys, they, they, they're the real deal. I mean, Joe, yeah. Joe comes from Plainfield, 
Yeah. He went to high school down there. He grew up down there. Uh, he's still local and he's pushing local. And uh, I love this place. I think uh, this is exactly what you're talking about, what your your towns need. And I, I like that you're you're bringing in some new technology and, and kind of you're, you're changing the industry. Yeah. There's one thing you're missing though from a pub, and that's the ugly red carpet with the bag. Oh, very, very busy design. <laughs> because that's you're what they also have. the guy that told me that none of the chairs should match. That's correct. They shouldn't they match. Should be, should be <laughs> they should be picked from the trash. And you know and why they have that? You know why they have that busy carpet? It's so that when people show up, you can't you see can. it. <laughs> With that, it's not what we find here at Red Arrow in the tap room. I, uh, tell us exactly where to find us right okay so number yeah. one do you know do you know we always ask the brewers where can they call you what's your phone number and they never know but yeah you know. if you go to redarrowtaproom.com oh he doesn't know the phone yeah. number okay that's where you go if you're a brewer go to redarrowtaproom.com forward slash brewer support ah. and from there you can fill out a form it comes to us and if you want us to carry your beer We'll consider you for self-distribution. If you want to be part of our charity tap of the month, we'll consider that as oh, well. You brought up a good point. Ah. I, I was I, I was remiss in not mentioning that. So tell us a little bit about the charity beer tap of the month, which I know my good friend Lou from Guncraft recently was. Yeah, so each month, uh, one of our values at Red Arrow is community. And each month we choose a local charity and we choose a local beer and we sort of, every time that beer gets poured, every ounce that's poured, five cents, we donate back to that local charity. So each month it's a different charity and a different beer. So um, for November, it was uh, Neighborville Response to Veterans and we use Guncraft beer for that. Okay. And for every ounce poured, we know exactly how many ounces are poured. We yep. donate five cents back to that charity per ounce. Do you know? Do you know one of the guys that runs that charity is one of our homebrew club members in, in Pale. All right. Uh, uh, our buddy Rick. I don't, it's all local, folks. It's yeah. totally local. Well, that's a, that's a really cool thing. So you can have somebody sponsor their beer and yeah. And if, and if you're a charity, go to redarrowtaproom.com forward slash charity and you can fill out a form. Uh, we have a committee between both stores that kind of review those applications and we consider folks for our charity beer of the month. So you've got two locations. What are the addresses? Uh, the one in Elmhurst is downtown Elmhurst, right across from the Metra station if you don't want to drive. There you go. Um, and it's 111 East 1st Street. And then okay. the second location is in downtown Naperville at 216 South Washington, right on the main drag here. And uh, in the spring, we're opening up our hop garden in the back. We're going to see 50 people back there. We're going to be growing hops. Maybe Ken can give me some uh, some clones. I'll help you, man. Uh, and, uh, I'll to it, Ken. And uh, you can easily grab your own beer, build your own flight, and sit outside in downtown Naperville, right by the parking garage. So. Oh, how convenient. How convenient. Or should I say, what a lovely view. <laughs> Uh, Joe, it's been an absolute Thank pleasure. You. Thank you very much. I have had a lot of fun on this podcast recording this because this has been something different. Ken, thank you for being uh, riding shotgun, being the co-host and bringing me down here. Yeah. Um, and all I have to say is more candied bacon and it's good night from me. Good night, good night from me. Now close, good night from him. Oh, good mind. night right. from him. Ah, cheers. 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 Hang on, we've got to do that in front of the microphone. Cheers. Much better. Cheers. Cheers. You have big ones. I've only got a small one.
I'm talking about the glasses. The glasses. <laughs> well, you're empty, Ken. Time to fill it back up. All right, let's go get another three or four ounces. I've still got my dark star. No, what is it? Dark secrets. Dark secret. Oh, I've still got a dark secret, Ken. Nice. And we would say uh, embrace go, independence. I'm so, going to go get some of that. To independence. 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 That's in Missouri, isn't it? And with that, good night. Cheers. <laughs> Brit and Yankee! Brit and Yankee! I'll have a pint, Yankee! Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint. <laughs>